From the nation's capital, this is D.C. Public Safety. I'm your host, Leonard Sipes. Ladies and gentlemen, today's topic is tablets and corrections. A pretty interesting topic, I think so. Chanel Taylor, Director of Public Relations for Adovo, www.edovo.com, is by our microphones, Randy Kearse of Reentry Consultant at www.reentrystrategies.com. Uh, Randy has a book and a video. The video is Beyond Prison Pro- Probation and parole to Chanel and to Randy. Welcome to D.C. Public Safety. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. Um, guys, give me a sense as to, I'll start off with you, Chanel, and, and give me a sense as to what Adovo does and the fact and, and how you got to meet Randy and incorporate Randy's materials into what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adobo is an educational technology company that operates in correctional facilities, and we use tablet technology to bring daily access to programming to uh, incarcerated users across the country. And we focus on educational programming, meaning academic, vocational, and uh, behavioral therapy uh, programming. And we connected with Randy, actually. Randy reached out to us about bringing his series and the work he does uh, onto our tablets um, I'll let him speak more in depth as to what he does, but uh, his his resources and his time, both um, you know, in incarceration and the amazing work he's done since, has been um, enormously interesting to us. And particularly uh, from a social psychology perspective, you know, um, it's always more valuable when you have uh, people who have been in your shoes. Um, people who have been incarcerated and people who have been successful afterwards talking to you as an incarcerated individual. So um, that's how we've connected with Randy, and I'll let him tell you exactly what he does. We're, we're really excited about it. Randy, go ahead. Well, um, as you know, I'm a prison reentry consultant based on my personal experience of being incarcerated. So um, I have a company called Prison uh, Reentry Strategies, and we create media content to help incarcerated or formerly incarcerated individuals successfully transition uh, back to society. So what we do through uh, books and film and interactive media, uh, we create programs that will Helpfully, hopefully, uh, help people uh, make that transition back to their communities, their families, and society as a whole. Um, I connected with Adovo because I like what they were doing, um, the innovative um, bringing tablets into prisons. And most importantly, I did the research on them, and I like their model for focusing on the education and vocational and all of the things that they do to prepare people. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into the pros and cons of of tablets being in the prisons, but I uh, created a film series called Beyond Prison Probation and Parole, and it's a uh, series that focuses on people who have formerly been incarcerated and have transitioned back to society successfully. So it just, it was a good fit. And what they did was take what I'd done, the film series, and created a whole curriculum around that film series, which, I mean, it's an awesome opportunity to help people uh, make that successful transition back to society. Many in correction see tablets as the holy grail, uh, allowing unfettered contact with family and other pro-social elements, plus use of tablets for educational and vocational purposes. And I say that from the standpoint and with the recognition that 
I've been around the reentry movement now for decades. We've all talked about the need for vocational training, for substance abuse training, for mental health issues, for you know making sure that the offender inside of a prison has constant contact with pro-social elements, his family members, his mom, his dad, um, other people in the community that could help him. But yet all of that, that whole package, everything that I just described turns out to be enormously expensive and most correctional systems don't have the money to do it. So the sense was that if you could have a person in the country, say from one location, say the Department of Justice, say it's Randy, and Randy could be doing courses either recorded or live and deliver that information via tablets, we could open up vocational educational programs, substance abuse programming to inmates, millions of inmates if necessary, throughout the United States. Uh, that's the hope. That's the dream. That's the promise. I'm going to start with you, know How far are we away from that in terms of technology? Well, even in the few years that we've been operating, we've seen a huge shift in um, the mindset of the administrators and corrections. You know, a few years ago when we said we'd like to bring wired technology and tablets into facilities, some people uh, looked at us like we were crazy. And now, you know, we're um, finding a really receptive audience that's aware of the benefits that, that technology and tablets can bring uh, for education, for programming, and for a number of reasons. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned, uh, some statistics have only 20% of those who are incarcerated getting, you know, regular access to programming. And that's really detrimental. Uh, Adobo was started uh, because, you know, we were in the Cook County Jail and saw that uh, people were watching Gary Springer and people were watching The Price is Right and didn't really have access to that programming. And like you mentioned, there's many in corrections who uh, want that to be different, right? But it's a real challenge to have... Uh, programming with an in-person teacher for a lot of reasons, being cost, um, the fact that many inmates, um, incarcerated users are not uh, at the same level of education and don't have the same interests. Um, so what we see and what I think many in corrections are seeing is that tablets are uh, helpful because they're scalable, right? If you have someone like Randy's uh, program curriculum um, uploaded, then, as you said, millions could access it. Um, you're also able to meet users at their level. Um, if they're at the GED level, if they're at an early literacy rate, um, if they're post-secondary, um, content can be on there that can act, they can access at any level. Um, it's also really valuable from a data perspective uh, and from a continuity of care perspective. Uh, what our model does and what tablets can do is give um, administrators in a facility the ability to see how um, how users are learning, what's popular, um, and we can use that data to, to then offer more courses like that. Um, and our hope and what we're working on now is making sure that parole and probation officers also have access to that data um, and the ability to say, look, we see that you completed you know, three courses on substance abuse. Here are resources for you now that you're back. Um, and out in the community, or we see that you're halfway through your GED course, uh, you can continue that course um, from your time incarcerated now that you're on the outside. So we see that potential, you see that potential, and we're finding a lot of um, receptive people in the corrections um, arena as well. Now, Shano, are these programs online, or are they loaded into the tablets? 
So what we do, um, and this is different based on, you know, the tablet providers, we have wired technology. So the way we explain that is if you think of the Internet as um, a highway system, uh, what we've done is created an Internet access point that really um, acts as a tunnel with no on-ramps and no off-ramps. So these are, um, there's no, you know, access to the broader Internet like Google or Facebook. Um, you're only able to connect to Adobo itself. But we think it's really valuable and important that these devices are connected to the Internet. Um, that is how you're able to have data. That is how you're able to um, track your progress. That is how you'll be able to use um, your your work and your certificates on the outside and continue to, to build your education and vocational programming. It also allows us to upload new content. So the work that we're doing with Randy, um, you know, we're able to upload videos of success stories and add to our curriculum in a way that's meaningful and important for those who um, who are, you know, in, inside. So we have a connectivity, but it's not just the broader Internet, if that makes sense. So it does. So... It is online, but only through channels that you provide, nothing else. Exactly, through a secure server. And we use, obviously, in corrections, security is an issue. So we use a server um, through an ABPN tunnel that um, the same type of, of security that the finance sector uses, that healthcare data uses. So um, we've obviously really thought about this, and this is um, an essential piece of making this work. Chanel, sure, no, I do want to come back to you in terms of questions of security because that's what's on the mind of every correctional administrator throughout the country. But, Randy, yeah. Kirst, let me go over to you for a second. Um, you and I both know, for you from your personal experience and me from uh, my experience within the criminal justice system and the research that I read, I think Chanel is being generous when she's saying that 20% of inmates are gaining uh, some sort of educational services. Uh, the last time I took a look at data, it was closer to 10 so whether it's 10% or 20%, the overwhelming majority of people sitting in a correctional facility are not getting any services at all, period. So we're saying that isn't it better that if they have access to Randy Kearse and the material that Randy produces or the material that other people produce, isn't it better for inmates to be exposed to vocational, educational, substance abuse, uh, decision-making materials on a tablet? Um, we would prefer a instructor. We would prefer a classroom. We're never going to get that. So if we don't do it via tablet, it's not going to get done. Am I right or wrong? No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you got to look at, we got to go with the times, and times is dictating that technology has to be um, brought into these facilities because it, it just makes sense um, financially uh, for institutions to implement these type of uh, technology because you get, you get more bang for the buck. More people will be able to use it. More people will be exposed to the materials and it just makes sense because if you're trying to prepare someone to come out into society and function on a, on a level of being able to take care of themselves, I mean, you have to prepare them and give them the tools and the resources to help prepare them. But the thing we have to look at is, um, number one, <clears throat> what type of programming will these tablets have? And you're going to have several or more companies come online and say, wow, this is a great idea, you know, and how can I make money from it? And this is the problem. I think this is the thing that we have to ask ourselves is what type of 
material will we allow inmates to be exposed to? Um, you know, we don't want an inmate to sit there and be watching um, videos all day of, of, of music videos or entertainment videos. I mean, there should be an allowance for some of it, but the majority of it should be focusing on them being able to properly prepare for getting out and changing their mindset and changing their behaviors and things like that. So you're going to have, going back to the questions of family and keeping in contact with family, you're going to have companies that come aboard, and now that there was the um, – Decrease in spent uh, decrease in how much uh, phone companies can charge uh, incarcerated individuals to call home. Now you're going to try. You're going to have companies trying to uh, basically monopolize off of these tablets on how can we, you know, generate money by allowing people to use emails or you know just focusing on how they can stay in contact with their family. Those are the things that we have to watch out for. Those are the things that we have to be prepared for so it doesn't become a money-making machine versus a, 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 a entity that can help people uh, integrate back into society. But the companies aren't going to do it unless there's profit. Excuse me? The companies aren't going to do it unless there is a profit motive. Why, well, why, I mean, why do it unless there is a profit motive? I'm just curious. I, I don't want to go in there deeply because I would love to see state government, federal government come out and pay for these sort of things. But at the moment, they're not going to do it unless there is a profit. But uh, one of the things that attracted me to Adovo is that they have a more social uh, model that they don't, they don't, um, they don't focus on profit. Um, I, I can't tell you like the specifics or how they operate, but it's not profit driven. Okay, you well, know, and you got yeah. go ahead. Well, let me let me let me get back uh, to the, to the larger question, Randy. Do giving information via tablets in a correctional setting? The correctional setting is loud. It's raucous. It's noisy. It's not very conducive to to a learning environment. So you're sitting in your cell and you're watching programs dealing with substance abuse or an educational program or a vocational program or job hunting, how effective could or would tablets be? Oh, very effective because that allows you to go in your cell and tune everything else out around you that's going on around you that's not positive, that's not productive. I mean, you can go in your cell and you basically have your own uh, teacher. You have your own uh, facilitator teaching you or showing you different programs and taking you, walking you through these programs. They would be very effective. I mean, one of the, the I guess one of the best-selling uh, 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 items in the commissary would be a, a radio. You know, everybody has a radio in the, com uh, in, in the prison because that allows you to escape. So these tablets would definitely be a, um, a tool to keep people focused on the journey ahead and not what's going on negatively around them. And then when you uh, factor in the uh, privilege part as well, you know, tablets are privileged. They're not mandatory. You know, people are going to be on their best behaviors to have access to these tablets. So you're going to cut down in a lot of areas when it comes to discipline, uh, when it comes to just, you know, just unfocused behaviors going on around you because everybody's going to want to keep their um, standings to be able to use those tablets. Trust me on that one there. We're halfway through the program. Let me, let me, let me reintroduce both of you for a second before we get on to the rest of the program. Chanel Taylor, Director of Public Relations for Edovo, E-D-O-V-O, www.edovo.com. And Randy Kearse, my Facebook friend and a, a very nice man, reentry consultant, <laughs> www.reentrystrategies.com. Uh, he's produced a video and a, and a slew of materials, including 
including a book, but he didn't want me to promote the book. He wanted me to promote the video, Beyond Prison, Probation, and Parole. I appreciate both of you being on the program with us today. All right, for the second half of the program, Randy, I'm just going to be a bit more of a devil's advocate before going back to Chanel on the security question, but you're not going to be able to teach a person to lay bricks. You're not going to be able to teach a person to be an electrician via a tablet. Uh, You're not going to be able to teach a person how to read via a tablet. These are things that almost require classroom instruction, Mm. do they not, or am I I, wrong? I I have to disagree with you. Go ahead. I have to disagree with you vehemently vehemently because everything, a lot of things that I've learned um, in the last two or three years, I've learned on YouTube. So video is a very great way to teach people because a lot of people uh, can learn by, you know, looking and, and, and being able to, you know, follow the instructions of, pe- like Chanel said, li- you know, literacy is a, is a big problem in prison and everybody's not reading and comprehending on the same level. So what people can see, um, they're more apt to want to be able to follow those um, instructions. So um, everything and anything that you want to learn is on YouTube. So this is just kind of giving people a better or more um, opportunity to learn in a different kind of way. I mean, this is this. We're living in a video society. We're living in a technology that I mean, we have to incorporate instructive learning uh, via instructors that will be able to give them um, great. Um, great courses where they can be able to learn in that way. So video is the best and great way to help these guys prepare for getting out. You know, uh, the security question that I alluded to before, every correctional administrator in the country is saying, you know, Leonard, I get it. I think tablets would be nice. I think having online access would even be nice. But how do you do that and protect public safety at the same time? Uh, Anything that we bring in via the Internet is going to be abused. And in fact, um, a lot of prisons don't have any Internet connection at all simply for security reasons. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen a couple of people, not a couple of people, many uh, facilities that um, fortunately are, uh, you know, addressing that security issue head on. And what we've we've done in a lot of facilities is we do need to come in and bring in that connectivity to a facility. But as I mentioned earlier, um, the way we operate, and I think that the way that um, there really is the potential to have connectivity and access to wonderful resources is that um, you can only access Adobo, right? You have a tunnel vision of Internet that can only access Adobo. Um, And there's also, you know, the ability to access communications and certain tablets, depending on the facility and depending on their provider. But what we've seen really is that this hasn't been the issue that that people um, were afraid it would be in the facilities that we're operating in. And what we've seen is that, you know, all of the content that we're putting onto these tablets is vetted both by us and by the administration in these facilities. Um, They have final say on everything. Um, And we're, we're not giving access to Google and Facebook. And what we think instead is that having access to technology um, is really valuable. As Randy said, and we actually spoke a couple weeks ago, um, he learned about the Internet by reading about it, right, from the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he, you know, was released from the facility, he'd never used the Internet. He'd never seen a tablet. He'd never, you know, used a cell phone like an iPhone um, and that's, it's crucial to have that technological literacy. Technology is only going to become more important in our, um, in our communities. And we see that I'm sure every one of us every day uses technology in a massive way. Um, so we, this really hasn't been, um, the security 
issue that we that I think a lot of people expect because we've done a lot of diligent work to make sure that we're using the, the security mechanisms that the finance sector does, that the healthcare sector does, um, and we're we're using our own um, servers as well. So I understand the the concern, but I would encourage anyone who's thinking about um, you know bringing tablets into the facility to so visit one of our facilities and talk to the administrators there. This is um, this is something that we've figured out. Let, let me let me let me add to that. Go ahead, um, Randy. A little piece. <clears throat> In any any prison environment, I mean, you're going to have the guy that is going to try to hack the system. I mean, that's that's just going to mm-hmm. that's just going to be, you know. Um, but what these um, tablet providers have to do is just stay diligent and be um, prepared for those who will try to um, connect to the internet, find some type of backdoor, whatever the case may be. And if it happens, how to learn from that? To make it even stronger and better. I mean, I mean, listen. Uh, the, some of the best um, organizations or people get hacked. I mean, you got financial banks get hacked. Everybody gets hacked. So what we have to do is learn from those experiences to make it better, so that the masses will be able to um, be able to enjoy and to be able to benefit from them. So that's the reality right there. All right, I'm going to take both of you past your comfort levels, and it's not what um, Adovo is currently doing. It's not what Randy Kierce is currently doing. But this whole concept of using tablets as a way of communicating with mom and dad at home, and everybody um, uh, what I've talked to at my organization today, Court Services and Offender Supervision Agency, when I was telling them about uh, the phone call and the interview this afternoon, they simply said, okay, we are all for pro-social contact, but how do you keep the nefarious person off the line? So whether it's an email back and forth, which requires pure internet access, or whether it's a phone call, or whether it's a video chat, um, this is a way, theoretically, of constantly having pro-social contacts, even doing job interviews in the community over a tablet. But how do you do that in such a way as to make sure that public safety is not jeopardized and that the right person is on the phone, uh, not the wrong person? I I know this is taking us way beyond the boundaries of what we talked about, but uh, uh, Chanel, do you have any senses to that? Yeah. Sure. What I would say is that um, video visitation and phone calls and emails are already occurring in facilities, not all facilities, but in many. And the same security protocols and the same uh, monitoring that occurs uh, currently could easily be adapted to communication on tablets. And, you know, as we've seen in the research, some of the most valuable things you can do while incarcerated to ensure successful reentry are to have access to meaningful, high-quality programming and to have access to communication with the outside world. And so we are 100% in agreement with you that that's valuable. Um, and I think using security protocols that are in existence and adapting those to the tablet uh, is not a, not a huge leap. Um, these, some of these facilities are already utilizing um, you know, these, these forms of communication and tablets would allow greater access to that. When I was, go ahead, when, I was in, when I was incarcerated, I mean, we only had phone calls, but number one, you had to get a, a approved uh, phone call list. You had to get approved people. They had to be approved mm-hmm. for you to be able to call that certain number. You didn't just have uh, opportunity to pick up the phone and call numbers randomly. Right. That's number one. Uh, number two, you had someone who monitored most of the calls, all of the calls going in and out of the prison at any given time. And uh, when 
someone in the administrative felt that the conversation um, was suspect or, you know, wasn't going according to, you know, the policy of the prison and there was some type of, you know, threat or whatever the case may be, they shut it down. They shut you down. And your phone call privilege could be taken. They could be even monitored even more, um, scrutinized. But those type of um, security uh, process can be applied to the tablets easier. And I think it would probably be easier because, I mean, you got a guy sitting there watching, and he can kind of gauge whether or not this conversation is going the way it's supposed to and there's, you know, any type of problem. So I don't, I don't see that being a problem. I don't really see that being a problem. Both of you alluded to Randy's lack of technology savvy when he was in prison and Randy <coughs> learned uh, about all this uh, a little little bit in prison, but mostly when he came out. The average inmate is not technologically savvy. The average inmate has never picked up a, a tablet in their lives. Um, the average inmate may know about uh, Facebook, may know about um, the, a, a computer, but uh, the tablet technology would be foreign to them. How comfortable are they going to be um, with this tablet, Randy, and, and, and how amenable are they going to be to pick up quickly on, on this new technology? Well, first thing um, inmates have a lot of is time, and they're always looking for something to occupy their time. So the tablet will give them an opportunity to um, fill the void of time. That's number one. And that's why it's important to have the the necessary uh, resources and tools on the tablets so when they're trying to just pass time that they're not just passing time, um, you know, like they would do in a day room just watching TV frivolously doing nothing. So you give you have a huge opportunity to provide them with the necessary tools and programs and resources that will, as they're trying to, you know, kill time, that they're learning at the same, at the same time. So that's 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 most important right there. You know how many correctional facilities is Adovo involved in now? Yeah, we're operating um, all across the country, and we have over you know we're launching a couple in the next the next month. So um, we have over around a thousand tablets in the market right now, and we're working on um, increasing that number. And uh, just to, to piggyback off of what Randy said, you know the when we come into a facility, we train. Um, people, right? We train the, the correctional officers, we train the administrators, we also um, interact with the, the incarcerated users to make sure that they're comfortable. Um, and this really is something that we put a lot of time and thought into and is a user-friendly interface. And as Randy said, you know, this is a two-in-one benefit. You're both getting access to educational um, programming and you're learning how to, how to interact uh, positively with technology at the same time. Do either one of you envision the day that I spoke about at the beginning of the program where you had a person at a central location uh, providing um, GED instruction to literally tens of thousands of inmates at the same time? It's exactly what colleges are doing now in terms of long-distance learning and and virtual learning. Uh, It's really no different from what many colleges are doing now. Many colleges are doing it live. What I taught for uh, University of Maryland, and when I taught an online course, it wasn't live, but a lot of colleges are going to the live format, which I really welcome. Any vision of doing a live format for prison inmates throughout the country? I mean, I think that's a great idea, and we're already utilizing open educational research resources like you spoke about, um, and I definitely envision the day when we see tablets in um, 
a number of facilities that are reaching millions of, of those who are uh, incarcerated. And something to, to add there is that, you know, you asked Randy about uh, headphones and if this is a, a good learning environment. And what we see is we come into a facility and um, officers and administrators are skeptical of the value of a tablet at times, right? Um, but within three to five minutes, uh, the facility is quiet, and um, there's real engagement going on, and we see decreased instances of violence, and um, officers and administrators really bought into this because it's a win-win. Um, so I'm really optimistic, and I'm hopeful also the tablets, uh, you know, in programs that already have teachers and educational programming that exists, that we can be a supplement to that learning um, as homework or as, you know, documentaries or as extra um, you know, MOOCs or uh, real-time videos, that's something that, that we see as well. So absolutely. I've been in, in and out of prisons hundreds of times, Randy, and they're noisy, they're raucous. Um, it, it, it's really a chaotic experience, and I just the vision that I have is walking into a prison and seeing 800 inmates walking around with tablets and earphones, and it's quiet, and they get a wide array of educational programming uh, that will keep them content and, and, and satisfied throughout the course of the day. Is that your vision? That's my vision, and we're heading in that direction. I mean, it might take a while to get everybody, you know, saying on board and and seeing that vision, but that's that's where we're headed. Because I mean, reentry is a uh, is a big issue that we have to conquer, and that's pretty much bringing technology into the fold will, will help that. But I just want to say that I envision a day that one day uh, my programs and, you know, what I'm doing, and maybe even me, will be, like you said, beamed into prisons uh, all across the country, and I'm giving that course, I'm giving those instructions uh, to uh, audience. I think we're, we're a little um, far from that, but we're heading that direction. I mean, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. Because when it comes to financially, uh, Having you know the ability to do that, it's going to be more cost effective to use technology to give uh, people a better opportunity than you know the old traditional ways. I mean, you can pay someone thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. Got to wrap up quickly, Randy. Go ahead. But um, yeah, I see. I see us going in that direction. Technology is here to stay, and it's going to make its way into the prison. It's making its way into the prisons, and it's just going to be more um, beneficial as we Our go forward. Guest today, Chanel Taylor, Director of Public Relations for Adovo. Um, uh, that is www.edovo.com. Randy Kearse is also by our, by our microphones. Once again, reentry consultant, www.reentrystrategies.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is DC Public Safety. We appreciate your comments. We even appreciate your criticisms, and we want everybody to have yourselves a very pleasant day.